Welcome to the Campus Rush Podcast. We believe that God will speak through this word and meet you right at the point of your need. We hope that God will bless you through this message. Tonight I'm preaching from John 3, 1 to 7. We're going to continue our Get a Grip series. Yell it out in the atmosphere. Just say, get a grip. Come on, say, get a grip. Getting a grip just means getting a good control or a handle over something. That's all it means. Getting a good handle on something. Getting a good grip, getting a tight grip on something. I'm preaching a sermon title uh, that I, I titled tonight, Emotionless. Get a grip part two, Emotionless. We're going to be out of this scripture tonight of John 3 verses 1. And we're going to read this scripture and uh, it's going to be awesome. Could we do it this way? Can the, the men read the odd verses and then the women read the even verses? Is that all right? Let's do that. Okay, so all the men, we're going to read the odd ones starting with this one. Then the women will read the even ones starting with the next verse. All right, men, here we go. One, two, three, and go. Hold up. Let's get our bass and our baritone right. All right, let's do it. One more time. One, two, three, and Go. That's right. Jewish religious leader. Yes. Women? And the men, let's go. Can you give this verse to me? Can we read it at the NKJV if you don't mind? Get it to me in the NKJV version and then let's read this same verse uh, back, please. One, two, three, all the men and go. And all the women, let's go. Let's keep it in the NKJV for this whole thing. And all the men in verses 5. And here we go. Go. Most assuredly, I say to you that unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Women, let's read verses 6. One, two, three, and go. So basically what this is saying is that flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. So if you are born of the spirit of God, it means that you are what? If you are born of the spirit of God, then it means that what? You are a what? You are a spirit. Okay, let's read verses 7 all together and go. Onwards, verses 8. I prophesy to somebody that the people you're with don't even know what God is planning for your future. Oh, your amen was so weak. I said that the people that you're with... 
they will not be able to tell the end of where you're going. The Bible said, whoever is born of the Spirit, it says this, that because you're born of the Spirit, it compares you being a spirit to that of the wind. What is the problem with the wind? The wind is that you don't know where it's coming from, nor do you know where it's going. You just know that it is there. I prophesy to somebody that people think they have your downfall in their hands, but they'll be shocked in the next two, three years to come and find out where God is taking you because your life is like that of the wind. You don't know where it's coming from. You don't know where it's going to. They don't know how you got to where you've got to but because of the spirit of God because you are born of the spirit you have that ability somebody shout aloud amen. amen tonight we're gonna read another verse out of John 4 24 then Romans 8 14 and then uh, we'll get into the scripture John 4 24 I'll read this on my own just a quick little verse I want to create some precedence about the spirit it says for God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God himself is a spirit. That's why he gives us the ability to be born of the spirit. We can only be born from our own kind. Daddy said it for those of you who are here on Sunday. Dad put up a whole bunch of pictures talking about the divine nature of God. And he talks about how uh, lions give birth to lions. How zebras give birth to zebras. How eagles give birth to eagles. Now God gives birth to you by the spirit. So it means that if you are made in the image of Christ, and that means that you have all the abilities that Christ has. You have all of the nature of God on the inside of you. Are you with me? So we have the ability to tear down walls. We have the ability through faith to move mountains. We have the ability to cast out demons. We have the ability to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Because we are born of the Spirit, meaning that we know where our identity is coming from. We know who we belong to. Romans 8.14, and then we'll conclude our, our, our scripture reading and then we'll get into some stuff. Um, it says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So it's basically saying, the last thing is saying that your identity comes because you are born of the Spirit. Because you are born of the Spirit, you automatically become born into the family of God. So you are a son and you are a daughter of God because of the Spirit, because you are led by the Spirit of God. So we may know them by their fruits, meaning that because of how you are, because of how you lead your life based off of spiritual guidance and the righteous walks that are ordered by the righteous man and the steps that are ordered, it then qualifies you to become a son or a daughter of God. So that it also creates precedence to know that those who are not walking in the Spirit, those who are not walking and led by the Spirit, can obviously by the Scripture not be sons and, and daughters of God. Are we, are we together? And, and so it gives us the precedence to believe that there is a lot of spiritual activity that is going on in the spiritual realm. The spiritual realm is a realm whereby God exists. God is a spiritual quantum. So God exists in the spiritual realm. That's where he lives. That's where he moves. That's where he breathes. That's where he is. So when we want healing, healing is, a, is available and applicable. Why? Because of the spiritual realm. Because we have been given birth to in the realms of the spirit, we can now therefore do the things of the spirit. Now, in, in talking about this and getting to know this more, I have, I have a quick demo that I'm going to do. You guys ready for my demo? We're going to do a quick demo, and we're going to talk about uh, what it means to be a man in the spirit and uh, how we're going to go from there. Tiff, you can prop up that first slide for me in a second. Uh, so why don't you come up on stage real quick, clap for this handsome young man, clap for him. And someone come help him. He's going to need a lot of help. Let's, let's have maybe three people up here to help him with all of these things. All right? So we are talking about the spiritual realm, and uh, he can hold these. And come to stand here. Wow, what a shoe. Stand this way. 
What a shoot. What a shoot. So we're talking about the tripartite being. Somebody say tripartite. Say it again. Say tripartite. Tripartite just simply means that you are a man or a woman, but inside of you, there's three layers to you as you're standing here. Every single one of us has three layers to us. The first layer, of course, being our body, what you can physically see. The second layer being our soul. And the last layer being our spirit. Are you agreement with me? Are we preaching the gospel? And so it basically means that you are a spirit. Why? Because the Bible, we just read it. You're born of the spirit, are you not? You're born of the spirit. The spirit gives birth to the spirit. So that's why you have the ability to lay hands to do all those things because you are a spirit. So because we are a spirit, there's three parts to us. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. That's how it works, all right? You have, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Somebody repeat after me. Say, I am a spirit. Say it louder. Say, I am a spirit. I have a soul and I live in my body. Say it again. I, have, I am a spirit. I have a soul and I live in my body. Therefore, there's three layers to you. Now, I want you to bring this to me. Bring me one of them. Just bring me one of them and then we'll, we'll do it like that. So the, the, the great thing about this is that today uh, we're going to focus on the soul. There's different parts of each layer, of course, you know, the bodies physically, you know, the spirit, that's where, you know, God is, that's where everything is. I've, t- I've taught this, a, a, you know, a number of times. And so today we're going to take it a different direction, but we're going to go on the soul. Tiff, can you bring that first one up for me? If you go to the soul, there's different things that are in the soul. The first one being our intellect. So we're going to do a layer around us that you can see it. So here is Nick right here. He's a man of God. He's a spirit himself, but around him, he has what we call intellect. He has the ability to be able to think, the ability to be able to reason. That's all about intellect. So when you go to school and you train your, your intellect, you're training your mind, and it's all there. All right? Give me another one. Tiff, put up the next one for me or whoever's back there. Your desires. So your desires are also in the soul realm. So what you desire. Today, I don't know, I want to eat this type of food or, you know, I want to do this type of thing. It's all a part of your desire, what you want, what you, your intentions are, what you want to do. Are you still with me? And then this last one, let's bring it up. Is your mind and it's your will. So you still have a spirit, but around the spirit, there is your intellect, there is your desires, and is your mind and your will. So the great thing about this is that although Nick is here and he's a spirit, he has so many things that come around him, so many things that that come about him, but there's one part uh, that is missing. Can you bring that rope for me really quickly? Hold this for a second. Just hold one part of it. Hold one part of it. Hold one part of it. Great. I want to put this here for now. So we see here, is everybody clear? Is everybody on the same page right now? We see here that he is a spirit, but he has, he has intellect, he has desires, he has mind, but there's one last thing that he has. He also has emotions. Somebody say emotions. Say it again, say emotions. He also has emotions as a man. And the reason why I didn't bring emotions as a cloth is because when it comes to emotions, emotions are one thing in, of course, amongst the other. It's one thing that has the ability to change your mood because emotions deal with feeling. And so the reason why I put it on a rope is because there's different things that be able to attack our feelings. There's different things that influence our feelings. The first thing that influences your feelings is the atmosphere. If you walk into a place and it doesn't feel right, you begin to now feel a specific type of way. Are you with me tonight? 
You start to feel some type of way. Why? Because it, 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 the atmosphere is trickling. It's, it's going against. It's contrary to how you are feeling. So you begin to feel that there's something that is off. So the first thing is feeling. The second thing, or the, rather the first thing is atmosphere. The second thing is the weather. You wake up in the morning. It's summertime. It's August, but it's raining. You know, last week we had rain for most of the week. I know some of you guys are mad because you're like, I was trying to go to the beach or I was trying to go do this and I couldn't do that. And so it begins to affect your feeling. The weather has the ability to affect your feeling. The third thing that has the ability is situations. I went to school. I thought the semester would be great. Uh, but after I looked at my grades, I realized that I didn't do as well as I wanted. So that's one thing that latches onto your feelings and your emotions and has the ability to change and affect your soul. Okay? And the last thing is people. People, friends, significant others, boyfriend, girlfriends, whatever, talking buddies, whatever, texting buddies, whatever it is, have the ability to be able to change and influence the way you feel. Pastor, prove it to me. I'll prove it to you. So you're talking to somebody, and you guys are just friends, and all of a sudden you begin to have what? Feelings for the person. How did it come from you just talking to a person? Because obviously when you first saw them, and you may not have liked them at the first glance, but then the moment you begin to talk to them and discover more about them, and you begin to exchange a few things, then feelings are involved. Now what feelings do? Feelings then affect your desires. After feelings affect your desires and your intellect, it then begins to change who you are and what you want. Don't put that up in a second. All right? Clap for this young man. He's sweating up here. <laughs> the one thing about feelings, and I'm going to talk about two things and then we're going to get into some stuff. The one thing about feelings is there's two types of feelings that you can feel. There is the emotional type of feeling. Somebody say emotional feeling. There's the emotional type of feeling that you can feel. Then secondly, there's a spiritual intuition. Meaning that's that inward, that's like that, that inward impression in your spirit. Like, I feel that there's something in the atmosphere, or I feel. So there's two things. Now, this is the problem with many of us in this room, is that we do not know how to tell the difference between what is emotional feeling and what is spiritual intuition. So what happens is you all of a sudden, I'm going to use this example, you all of a sudden find somebody, you guys begin talking, and you know, of course, wherever your emotions are will then affect every bit of you. So then your emotions now end up here, and if they end up in the wrong hands, in the wrong mouth, then your ears are open to that, and it begins to affect you. So you think it's God leading you, but it's your emotions that are leading you. Then what begins to happen is that instead of it being spiritual intuition, it's emotional feeling. So then, when you begin to now look back on your life and you say, well, I thought this was going to work out and it didn't work out and I thought he was the one or I thought she was the one, I thought that situation was the one, but it didn't work out. It just means simply that there might have been a miscommunication between thinking that it was a spiritual intuition and thinking that it's emotional feeling. But today we're going to clear all this thing up and by the time you leave here, your mind is going to be clear. You're going to hear the voice of God in a clear way. You're going to hear the voice of God in a new level. I prophesy that over your life, that by the time you leave this place, you'll be hearing God in a new way. You'll hear the word of the Lord in a new way and God will speak to you in a new way. And so, thank you so much, Nick. And so, you can, you can put this rope on the ground for a second. And so, as we look at this, as we come back to this, we see that he's still a spirit and he has his intellect, his desires, his mind, his will all around him. He's holding all around him. Now, this is where the problem happens. The Bible says in many times, if you look through the scripture, it says that the flesh and the spirit are constantly in contention. Meaning that the flesh does what is contrary to the spirit. 
the flesh is not working with the spirit. In fact, they work contrary to one another. They don't work in sync. They work opposite to each other. Wherever you find flesh, you won't find spirit. Wherever you find uh, spirit, you shouldn't find flesh. And so what begins to happen is that this is the battle that needs to happen, is that there is a spirit man on the inside of you who's being suppressed because of all these things around you. Now, this is where you have to rise up and where we have to rise up as a generation, as young people, as people who are going someplace, is the ability to put your emotions, your desires, your feelings, and everything in check so that your spirit can prevail over all of them. Now, if you fail to do that, because a lot of people say, well, it's my mind that tells me what to do. But what we fail to do is we fail to submit our minds, submit our emotions, submit our desires, submit our will to God so that it's the spirit informing our mind, not our mind informing the spirit. Am I teaching here tonight? So what begins to happen is that what we need to do is we need to make sure that our mind, our intellect, our emotions, our desires are submitted to God. Young people don't like this sermon. You know why they don't like this sermon? Because we feel as though if we've got here, it's because of on our own. If it's our success and we've gotten here, it's my success. There's no such thing as God because I got here. I want to do it how I want to do it because that's how I feel. But we don't live life based off of feelings. We live life based off of the Spirit. And so if our mind, our intellect, our emotions are not placed under subjection, we are not spiritual beings, we are soul beings. And the Bible doesn't tell us to walk in the soul, it says walk in the spirit and you will not desire the lust of the flesh, you are to walk in the spirit. And so how can you walk in the spirit if you are filled with the soul? Because you see, the soul, like I'm saying, is made up of all those things, your intellect, your desires, your mind, and the worst one of them all is your emotions, because your emotions has the ability to affect your mood, and then your mood influences your desires. And so if your emotions are not planted in the right thing, if your emotions aren't anchored to the work of God, if your emotions aren't anchored to the word of God, then what begins to happen is that you're one day happy, one day sad, one day you like church, one day you hate God, one day you love God, one day me and God are not talking, we're on a break right now for three months. What? What? I'm in a silent period. No, I rebuke every silent period. God should always be speaking to you. It's not that he's not speaking, it's that you have not positioned yourself to hear him. So it's a matter not of God. Are you speaking? It's God. Am I positioned? Is my emotions? Are my mind? Is my soul? Is my soul? Is my soul anchored in your word? God, is my soul anchored in your word? The Bible says that all of creation groans in expectation for the manifestations of the sons of God. We just read a scripture that said if you're born of the spirit, it means you're a son of God. It means that creation is awaiting the spiritual awakening of us. Creation is awaiting you to awaken to the fact that you are a spirit. That you are not just somebody who's here in a body that you see physically, but there is a deeper part of you. There's a spirit on the inside of you. So creation is saying, I can't wait for the day that Nick begins to break off all of the soulish things that are surrounding him. Because the day that Nick breaks off the spirit, all the soulish things that are around him, the mind, the intellect, the emotions. And he says that instead of me being governed by my emotions, by my soul, I'm going to allow my spirit to hold that. hold that it's just gonna hold that 
So what happens is then you go to God. And so instead of you now suffering with something, Nick, what do you do? Is that you take, say, God, my mind, my intellect, my desires, my emotions, my feelings, everything about me, God. I take and I submit it to you, God. I bring it to you and I place it under subjection. Some of you guys need to take your emotions and body them. The reason why every day I fall, I wake up, I fall. Pastor, why are you being so harsh tonight? Why? Because I believe there's something on the inside of you. But some of you guys have become too fleshy. That you can't see that there's a spiritual awakening that God wants to do. And God brought me tonight as an alarmer to awaken the alarm in you. To tell you, listen, if you don't do it, God is raising somebody else. That your time is about running out. You think you can still run. Uh, there's revival starting over here. And the flesh is still around you. And all these things are still surrounding you. He's saying, when will you grow up to the point where you can take all of that, hold it, put it under your feet and say, God, whatever your will is, as it is in heaven, so shall it be on earth. God, I'm bodying my emotions. I placed them under subjection. Now it'll be a good time to clap, if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> Tiff, can you put up that, that chart for me, please? Thank you so much, guys. You can, you can hold that. I designed this in four parts. Your emotions, that's how you feel about something. I feel this, I feel that, I feel sad, I feel, I feel anxiety, I feel anxious, I feel down on life. Your emotions then link to your desires as to what you want. You will only want something, firstly, after you feel something. When I feel it, then I want it. After you want what you feel, then you do what you want. So then it goes from what you want to what you think and what you do. And after it comes from what you think and do, it then becomes who you are as an individual. So everybody, you can't just keep living life saying that this is how I am, this is how I am. How you are and your identity can be traced back to a feeling sometime. I felt this way, and so because I felt this way, I did this. Because I did this, I thought this. Because I thought this and I wanted it, that became who I am. Then it became habitual, what I do. So you're known for something. You're known for something. Those are all the qualms of the soul. And so that's why God would say in Galatians, he said that the spirit and, and the soul, the spirit and the flesh are in constant, constant battle. Why? Because he knows that the moment you open up and become awoken to the spiritual insight and revelation that lies on the inside of you is the day that the enemy loses the battle. He loses the battle over your finances. He loses the battle over your, your fears. He loses the battle over everything. The moment you become awoken. So what we need to do as a generation is to not sit down, but it's to become awoken to the fact that we need to get a grip on our soul. And to be able to tell our soul, my soul will magnify the Lord. My soul will magnify. My soul will magnify. Not my soul may magnify. My soul will magnify the Lord. Somebody repeat after me. Say, my soul will magnify the Lord. It's a tough thing to do. And sometimes, you know, preachers preach these sermons and, and they preach it from a perspective of, of no personal uh, um, intervention. They preach it thinking that I'm preaching at you. No, no, no. I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching with you because I can only preach something that I've experienced and overcome. 
So if I'm preaching this and I'm speaking this to you in the word of God that is life, that is rhema, it's only because I've gone through this that I've experienced and I can truly say without a shadow of a doubt that unless you master your emotions, you are not ready for God's next dimension. Unless you master your emotions. Because you know what are, what's in your emotions? Fear is in your emotions. And God doesn't use fearful souls. He says, I haven't given you the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. A sound mind. Meaning that what? I've given you the ability to be able to handle, to, 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 to body, to control your emotions. Because if you do not control your emotions, your emotions will overcome your spirit. And then you won't have any, you won't become a spiritual person. You won't be spiritual. You will not be able to sense the presence of God. Nor will be able to move when you feel the presence of God. It will all be based off of feeling. If the atmosphere is right, then I feel a specific way. The atmosphere doesn't have to be set for you to worship God. The atmosphere doesn't have to be right for you to worship God. I will worship the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. It is, it's, it's not based off of what everything looks like. It's based off of a condition of you saying that irrespective of how it looks like, how it feels like, my spirit, I'm born of the spirit and so I am spirit. I'm born of the spirit and so I am, I am spirit. If you're taking notes, the first point I want you to write down is this, that we need to be able to control how we feel, control how we feel, out of our feelings, then be able to translate into what we do, and from what we do to what we think, from what we think to who we are. The Bible says that as a man thinketh, so is he, and so you become what you think, and not just that, but you become what you say. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you become what you say and you become what you think. And so if we are unable to put and get a grip on our emotions to be able to say, God, this is how we feel, but this is who we are. Then we come into contact and conflict. The second thing I want you to write down is this. I want you leaving this place tonight with a greater understanding of the fact that this, that the fight, yes, is over spirit and flesh. Yes, I'm not doubting that. That is pure Bible. But I want to take it a step further to say this, that although the fight is between spirit and flesh, the fight is also between soul and identity. The battle is between your soul, how you feel, your feeling, your emotion versus your identity, who you are. I read a bunch of scriptures at the beginning that began to say that we are born of the Spirit. So we are spiritual people. We are spiritual beings. We are born of the Spirit of God. So we are spiritual beings. So because we are spiritual beings, the fight is always passed over between you being the know, you, you knowing and having the identity that you are a spiritual being versus how you feel. Because your feeling will always try to discourage your identity. I feel like I can't preach. I feel like I'm not a man of God, but your identity is in Christ, which is saying that you are a man of God, that before you were in your mother's womb, I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. That's your identity, but your identity will always try to be in contrary to your feeling. It's very few times that your feeling will align with your identity. 
And so you have to be able to master your emotions to say, irrespective of how I feel, it doesn't change who I am. Are you getting this tonight? Are you following me tonight? Irrespective of how I feel, that doesn't change who I am. I am born of the flesh. I'm born of the flesh, but I'm also born of the Spirit of God. I'm also born of the Spirit. I give birth to the Spirit. The Spirit of God gave birth to me, meaning that I am a spiritual being. That meaning that I am a spirit. I have a soul, but I live in a body. So you have an ultimatum tonight, and that is, do you lead your life by your feelings, or do you begin to now live your life with an identity that you are a son of the Spirit, a daughter of the Spirit? Sons of God, daughters of God, born of the Spirit of God begin to operate different. You talk differently. You speak differently. You reason differently. You analyze things differently. Tonight, I'm believing in this place. By the time we leave here, I feel like laying hands tonight. I feel like imparting and igniting in people the God side of you to overtake the flesh side of you. The, the, the spirituality in you to overcome the soul emotions in all of us tonight. And I know that God is going to do it. Now, you may be saying this, Pastor, how do I do this? How do I continually walk in the Spirit? How do I continually uh, allow myself to know that I am uh, a man of God, a woman of God with a purpose, with vision, with mandate, with all these things? How can I live my life like that? Although in myself, I know that my emotions, my feelings will weigh me down. Very simple. You are to meditate upon the Word of God. Take me to Psalms 1. Let's read this scripture as a great chorus, and then I'm going to wrap up tonight. Take me to Psalms 1. Let's read this scripture tonight. The Bible says this. Can you read it with me? Let's go. One, two, three, and Go. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law, he meditates day and night. So, our delight has to change to the laws and the delights of the Lord. The moment our delight changes to fancy Jesus, to fancy God in a new level, in a new heart, with a new passion, what begins to happen is then we then begin to meditate upon his law, and not just in the morning, but in the evening. What does that mean? That means uh, we are to get into the Word of God, get into the presence of God more, and allow our presence, allow God's presence, allow God's Spirit, allow the Word of God to begin to transform our mind. If you go to Romans 2, we'll begin to say that even though we are in the world, we are not of the world. So then we know that by the renewing of our mind, we are to change our mind and our thinking so that we be able to lead lives in the spiritual realm. And so when it comes to this, this scripture, saints, we are to meditate upon the word of God day and night. I came here with a simple sermon tonight. And it's a simple sermon of, of awakening and reawakening and understanding to the spirituality that lies on the inside of you. Uh, without knowledge, the people perish. For lack of vision, the people perish. And so in order for us to awaken to what we carry, we also have to know what we have. We got to know what we have. The challenge tonight is a challenge between, like I said, the challenge of the soul and a challenge of waking up to the spiritual realm that's on the inside of you. Let's be on our feet tonight. I'm speaking to you tonight in two veins. I'm speaking to you as a mental health professional, professional, but I'm also speaking to you as a pastor. I'm speaking to you as somebody, yes, I've studied 
the mind. I've studied emotions. I've studied these things. I work with people. But I also have the mind of Christ in that I've taken on. And I've been called to the office of a pastor. And so I marry these two to be able to communicate a truth to you tonight. And this truth that I'm communicating to you is a battle that we are all familiar with and it's a battle between flesh and spirit but I took it further to talk about a battle between feeling and identity we're looking at the feeling if you look at your soul it comes down to how you feel and based off how you feel it's always a challenge between how you feel and who you are how you feel and who you are you may feel like you want to do this sin or you want to live in this way or you want to do that thing but if you knew who you were that thought definitely begins to come down after you know and have a realization and epiphany of who you are and who's on the inside of you. I've come tonight to talk to some people who have allowed an emotional feeling to lead to a decision that has allowed them or caused them to be hurt as a result. I'm dealing with, I'm dealing with hurt tonight. I'm dealing with those who have made an emotional decision, thinking it was a spiritual decision, and I've gotten a hurt in the process, and now are leading, living, moving with an open wound. God spoke to me and said tonight he wants to heal those of deep emotional hurt and trauma. If you're that person I came here for, if this whole sermon was for you tonight and you're the person I came here for, I want to pray with you, stand with you before we leave. I want you to come to me here at this altar. I want to pray with you and stand with you. If you're the person I came for, if you're the person I came for, if you're the person I came for, you made an emotional decision that led to a wound. You made an emotional decision thinking it was a spiritual decision that has led to wounds, hurts, that you've been trying to get over the hurt. You've been trying, you've been trying to get over the hurt. But now it's a wound and it's an open wound and sometimes when you're around people you hide the wound, but you can't get over the fact that it's still an open wound. As you're here at church tonight, God is about to heal people deep emotional pain and hurt tonight. Thank you for tuning in to the Campus Rush Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and want to partner with us, visit us at www.campusrush.org to become a global partner or to partner with us in giving.